and welcome to the B&B show, a very special episode. Andy and Kevin here with the, we're going to call it the BBQ. BBQ. Can you I'm see the so theme? I'm so excited. Yeah, this is really good. Actually, these ribs are fresh. Yeah. And we can smell them. I know. And you know what I did? I went on and I, uh, I ordered those Grill Master shoes. You can't eat barbecue <laughs> unless you get a pair. If the Grill Master has to have these New Balance pair of sneakers, otherwise yes. I'm not, I'm not going to eat the food. No, and the sunglasses too. The sunglasses, because we're outside even though we're not. I'm, and to cool. protect your eyes from the sauce, you're going to eventually spray BBQ, it in your face. my man. That's we, uh -huh. we could be eating this, but that would be, yeah. Do they really want to hear us chewing like a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I think we'll wait to eat the BBQ because we'll just. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're gonna love hearing you chewing, masking like a cow, the whole time. Sorry. The reason why we're calling this Good the BBQ is, is the B and B and Q questions. COVID. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, now that you're eating, that's mm -hmm. actually pretty good. Yeah. I want to really try that, but these are real props. I like the BBQ day. Are you really going to open that? Oh, no, God. right in the thing. Mm -hmm. They're going to regret ever even clicking on this video. Oh, Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Give me that. <sighs> he swigged it. Sponsored BBQ. By. <laughs> so what happened recently, Brother Kevin? This was a mistake. Now I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, cut this out. He won't. <laughs> um, we had quite a few very young people yeah. asking questions. It was getting overwhelming. And they started piling one on top of another. So I thought, um, we have a problem here. Yeah. We have a lot of questions to go through. And thought we would do a very special episode. I think this might, there might be more than one. Yeah. Everyone loves a barbecue. Mm -hmm. And the only thing better than barbecue is more barbecue. Barbecue. I have a fever. And the only prescription is barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of shotgun, lightning round these questions. Yeah. Some may take longer. Some may share shorter. Um, if your question doesn't get featured as long as because it was a dumb question. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. just, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, also, BBQ stands for B&B &B questions. Yes, I think I said that. Did I say that? I have no idea. I was too busy choking on this very dry <laughs> roll, and I couldn't breathe. Uh, good day. Good day. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to keep their identities a secret. Yes, with their ridiculous they, screen names. Yes, is that they, what we're going to read? They submitted these questions with their online profile names. Oh, and now, Mr. Gracious. Kevin doesn't know these names. No, I don't. I kept these secret from him so he could have live reactions to Oh, we'll have live reactions. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to get right into it. Our first question comes from Whisk Rat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> whisk Rat. What is that? I don't know what a whisk is or... Is it an adjective? Is, is that something adverb? you beat eggs with? You whisk the rats into a fine, I don't know, is it a rat that whisked itself away? Interesting. I would That's think okay. I, I have no room to judge because I have no because AOL it had account, a rat so. in the name, you'd assume it'd be Christy, but it wasn't. Oh, so. I yeah, don't get it. oh, yeah. The rat queen, but it's not. So Whisk Rat asks, where should we draw the line when having relationships with secular people, lost people? Um, and he means relationships with friends and family. Yeah. Because we're told to hate the sin, love the sinner. We're also told that we are not to hang around, I like this, hang around heathen people, so there should be a good balance. And I think he's referencing what we read in... Uh, oh, so Whiskrat's a he. Okay. Yeah, oops. So anyway, my mom's like, Tony, Tony, my <laughs> who, name ain't important. <laughs> who could it be? No. Uh, it's not Lincoln this time. <laughs> uh, in Second John, a, a verse that a lot of people come into their mind. It says in verse 9 of uh, 2 John, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. 
He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. We know that. Yeah. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, for he that abideth that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. This, oh, man. That's yeah, this big is, time. This is severe, you know? Yeah. What do you think, Brother Kevin? I Get out of my this. house. Well... <laughs> Get out um, of my house! That's what I said to Mr. Kevin many, many years ago. Yes, yes, he did. I did not want to be a partaker of his evil deeds. Oh, but he is now. Okay, so... Got him. The question is, where do we draw the line when dealing with lost friends and and people that were acquainted with fr- uh, family members and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, I I work we work secular jobs and so it's unavoidable. Yes. If you're working, you know, say Publix or something like that, you know, I work with people that were actually not just not Christians, they were against Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so where do you draw the line? Well, I look at what Christ did. He supped with sinners. And, uh, uh, dun, dun, you dun. shared Chick Fil A with this heathen. That's exactly. He well, the Pharisees were getting on him. You, yeah, you know, they were. Why, why is he eating with these lost people, with these, these sinful people? And uh, actually, this goes well with one of our questions uh, for later. Is you yeah. got to show people kindness. Yes. You got to show the love of Christ. Yes. Um, um, we, we point so many fingers. You're a lost person, and we you know share looks of judgment and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to share kindness. That breaks down the barriers because eventually you want to be able to witness to them and, and give the preconceived them the notions they have. Oh, he's nice. Yeah, this, this Christian. I heard Christians like. Yeah, take I, I, and... there was a guy that I used to work with that said I was one of the first people that didn't automatically condemn him. Mm-hmm. You know, and glory to God. That's not because I'm good at what I do. It's the Lord really just helped me through this. Yeah. But he had a, a lot of objections to Christianity. And you know he didn't come over my house. He he you know he wasn't in my wedding, um, but you know it was me. <laughs> no, no, it was Andy. Occasionally, I sat down and had a meal with them. Yeah, and we would talk about these things. The kindness was an opportunity to open up the door to spiritual conversation. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's you know what, what is the verse talking? You tell us, Andy. <laughs> I, I will give you my interpretation. No, I'm no. just kidding. So the way I've always looked at this is, and, and at Crown, believe it, Whisk we had... Whiskrat. Whiskrat. I had a guy, uh, actually my manager, he yeah. was your manager too, that said, hey, can you come to my house? I want to watch The Passion because I don't understand what I just saw. Well, okay, yeah. everything in that movie's wrong, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Just about everything. And, you know, was I bad because I went into his house? And no, absolutely not. The way I look at it, Brother Kevin, is, and, and the way I believe when the scripture says it, invite into your house is it means invite into the intimate parts of your life, yeah. your family, your ch- maybe your children one day. You have to be yeah. very careful about people who do not have the light of Christ in their heart. Yeah, they influence. The friendships you have with secular, as Whisk Rat said, um, the Rat King said, uh, with secular people, the relationship should be one of evangelism. Yeah. These friendships should be, in your mind, an outreach. But these friendships should not be ones where you form bonds of trust yep. and reliance. Mm-hmm. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. Right. These people cannot do that for you. Right. If you're going through a really dark time, a really tough time, they can't help you because they don't know to whom the greatest source of strength that you need. Because yeah. a real friend will say, hey, you need to go to the scriptures, you need to go to God, you need uh-huh. to go. But they Let cannot... pray for you. They pray you. for it or pray with you. Yeah. Um, we have a strong friendship because of the communion we have with Christ. Kevin would come into my dorm and say, would you pray with me for my dad? Yeah, I remember that. But he wouldn't go to Office Depot and say that to Elvis. You know, <laughs> yeah. and That was his name. He'd be like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, yeah. for these secular relationships, I would say Very good. that they're not the intimate part of your life. They're yeah. not your family. They're not 
you know, it part, you know, inviting him to your house, the deepest, um, most intimate part of your life. But at the same time, you try to outreach to them. Yeah. You don't place your burden and your trust on them. Right. But you seek to change them and help mm -hmm. them. It's, it's a, a different relationship. A, a great way to engage the world is by again being having friendships with these people. You know, mm -hmm. and people you work with, maybe you're in school with. You know, you've got to show the love of Christ. And in doing so, people will get a little closer. But again, that's not the same as you know inviting them into your house, the, the closest parts, the intimate parts of your life. I, that's very good. Yeah, to put your trust in. You know, you know, David and Jonathan, their souls are knit together because they serve the same Lord. That's right. They had the same purpose. Mm -hmm. And th that's not these people, and that's not their fault. Right. You know, how does darkness have communion with light? It's not their fault. Their eyes have to be open. They exactly. Be, they have to be born again. Yeah, don't be surprised when lost people act lost. They're yeah. lost. And sometimes, yeah, we as Christians put too much on lost people, like, oh, he's a bad friend because he did Well, he's lost. How is he supposed to know exactly. any better? Yeah. You know? It's like this scorpion who, you know... Uh, who stung the frog? Like, Why'd you do that? Well, it's in my nature. That's they don't. Who they don't I am. Better. It's who I am. And I am hungry. So to answer, you know, this this ain't gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> What's that verse? Here's the next question. What does it mean when they cast your bread upon the water? Yeet. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I thought you were gonna throw that. Uh, so I hope that answers that question. Next question. Who is it from? So <laughs> this, I can. This, this question, question is from Squirt Turt. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me make this clear. It is short for squirt turtle. Squirt oh, I know turtle. who it is. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty obvious. And his and the answer is or the question is obnoxious as the person who asked it. Just kidding. We love you. It's actually a good question. Um, <laughs> I got him. <laughs> squirt turt asks Was John Calvin Calvinist? No, uh, <laughs> if you think the Pangea theory actually existed. What do you think made it break apart to make all the continents? Now, little context here. The Pangea theory is that the world was once one continent. I'm still crying from the name of that person. <laughs> what kind of Pokemons is it? Uh, he was oh. swimming around as a turtle and noticed that the continents were split and wanted oh. to know how it happened. Yeah, you know what? The, Hold on. Yeah. That is really groundbreaking. Uh, you're tearing me apart. Oh, uh, this is an earth-shattering question <laughs> that causes lots of division. division. Uh, <laughs> so basic. Yeah, we should just move on to the next yeah, question. Next. Yeah, there's your no. answer. No, this one's pretty quick. Basically, the Pangea theory, one world continent. Yep. And the Bible isn't clear on it, right? Right. Not 100%. But, you know, what does the Bible say? Oh, well, let, let me give a, a little principle here. Um, in our Christian lives, it's important with, with the Bible is you want to be loud where the Bible is very loud. Mm -hmm. In other words, it explicitly says something like, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Over and over and over. Over and over and over again. So you, you know, with confidence, you say, yes, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, because the Bible talks about that over and over and yep. over and over and over and over the and over. Broken. Oh yeah, error, 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 error. So, um, but so be loud where the Bible is loud, but watch this: be quiet and silent, or whisper when the Bible is is mm -hmm. quiet. Now, the Bible doesn't expressly say um, how Pangea uh, broke apart. However, there are a couple of theories. I hold to this again. This is kind of my opinion. Yeah. This is not expressly what the Bible says, but you can gain a theory from what thus saith the Lord here, and it's found in uh, Genesis chapter seven and verse number eleven. Squirt turd, if you want to learn there. Okay. <laughs> First okay. of all, change your name. Yeah, yeah. First of all, change the name because wow. Okay. Um, anyways, the Bible says that's what we're in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, verse uh, chapter seven, verse eleven. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains mm -hmm. 
of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open. Now, if you know what context is going on in your Bible, this is where the flood is happening. Noah is being taken up into the ark. And there's an interesting thing. This is what I believe is that Pangea started when the fountains of the deep were broken up. It's the shifting of the tectonic plates. Yes. Now, um, I went to public school, so we were taught over lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of years, uh, inches and feet a, a year, the plates moved apart, and thus we have the continents that over we have now. billions of years. Yeah, and evolution can explain anything if you just give it billions of years. Yes. But um, the Bible, or, or the word I want you to focus on is catastrophism. Mm-hmm. In the flood, these things happen very, very, very quickly. I think it's a fascinating yeah. study, by the way. Yeah, it is. Um, the firmament falling. Uh, yeah, uh, these are uh, creation science and all that. The flood is, is very, very interesting to me. And, and so my opinion based on this verse is, is that this is when it happened. Yeah. It, this is when the plates separated here in Genesis chapter 7 in verse number 11. So what do you got? Yeah, yeah, basically, like Brother Kevin said, you know, there's the Tower of Babel. Yeah. There's lots of times where, you know, the earth was one and there's, there's division. Yeah, that, that's another thing. And theory. you ever notice God is always the one who created the division. Yeah. You know, suddenly. And he could do that at any time. Whole city existed, fire came from heaven. It's gone. Yeah, catastrophism. Yeah, and that is how often God operates. It's funny how humanism always, over millions of years, a slow degradation, but God always says, boast I not myself of tomorrow for for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. In one day, God can alter uh, yeah, That's exactly right. You know, for, hundreds, for how, how long did it take for Noah to build the ark? 120 like years. 120 years. And then in one day, the door shut. Yep. And all that mocking, all that patience, boom, water's falling. Yeah, it, it's so interesting. We could get caught on this subject. You know, the, the, yeah, the yeah. Grand Canyon was built or made in millions and millions of years. I'm not saying it was aliens, <laughs> but it was aliens. Aliens. <laughs> well, we, we found uh, Mount St. Helens went off. Um, they, oh, yeah? There was a thing, a canyon made in a, a relatively short amount of time, like a day or two, yeah. that was 140th the size of the Grand Canyon just from that eruption. Oh. So it, things can happen very fast. Anyways, yeah. we don't want to belabor this, but that is where I get my theory from. Yeah, is it's, that, a good, it's a good question. Good question. Don't ever ask it again. The Bible and science know. can go together, by the way. So. Yes, they do, yes. because he is the founder of all of it. So that is Now, this one's, this one's a little tricky, Kevin. Not tricky, but... BBQ. BBQ. This is, this is I like to call, a little sweet and spicy. It's a little sweet and spicy question. You ready? Yeah. There's coleslaw. Do you um, like coleslaw? I do. What's the next <laughs> question? <laughs> We're getting hungry. Um, this question comes from okra, which is appropriate. We should have some okra here. Yeah. Yeah, good I've, name. For some reason, I just had in my mind that okra was the killer whale. That's an orca. No, this is okra, like the yummy goodness. Or like Oprah? No, <laughs> definitely not. Orca. Um, I'm we'll, so confused. We'll call her okra and grits. Oh, okay. is, <laughs> What is the question? The question is, um, this person's heard all their life, Proverbs 18, 24, he that hath friends must show himself friendly. Okay. Okay. And the question is, they've always heard that being friendly means being outgoing, being extroverted, having certain personality traits. Maybe even that having a more introverted approach or personality is bad or wrong. It's absolutely bad. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Even though the Bible says a meek and quiet spirit is acceptable in the Lord. Anyway, what does it mean to actually be biblically friendly? You know, if you're quiet, you're introverted, socially awkward, whatever, um, how can you biblically be friendly or make friends? There's a tricky thing about this question, yeah. yes, it, and it's because this verse is often taken the wrong way. Ooh, Ooh. there, there, yeah, there's an actual interpretation, and then there's an application that sometimes gets maybe a little twisted. Um, sometimes people actually interpret it in two ways because, in some ways, it's stated it's kind of a negative. It, he right. that hath lots of friends 
must. See, it's an imperative. Has to. Yeah. Has to. It's it's like Martha was cumbered about with much serving. She had to. Yeah. She had all these people at her house. Right. So the verse is, he that hath friends must show himself friendly. In other words, if you have a huge group of people, it's a lot to maintain. Yeah, that's exactly exactly. It's right. a lot. He that works at Beacon Baptist with young people has to talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. Must show himself friendly. So that is one interpretation of it, which Solomon does kind of in a cynical way, often bemoan <laughs> the state of his life. I have others. all of these friends, so I have to do this. He's I have also to the guy who said, I find more bitter than death the woman. Yeah. I mean, the, guy, the guy bemoans things sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, one interpretation of this verse actually is that, you know, if you have a lot of friends, it's it's a weary. You must yeah. show yourself. Mm-hmm. Friend, I must obey I have to be. I have to do all these things for all these people so they'll be my friends. So I'm deleting my Facebook account. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, but the other applica- interpretation and application is that, yes, if you have friends... It's because you're it's, friendly. It's, it's caused cause and effect. Yeah. Like, you can't have a lot of friends if you're not friendly. Yeah. It's true. But here's the here's the angle, the Andy angle. The I, want, I, want to, I want to throw a curveball at this verse. I want if to throw I some may. sauce on those ribs and eat them. But go ahead. <laughs> right now, is I'm going to contradict what a lot of people think about this, and I'm going to challenge. Ooh. I'm going to challenge this saying: is you don't have to have a lot of friends because the quality is more important than the quantity. I agree. With How that. many yeah. friends did Paul really have? Think about that. None, very few. None withstood me. Yeah, Um, especially near the end of his life. Only Luke is with Luke. Write this down. Now, withstanding the Lord stood me. There's not a laundry list of friends that Paul had. David didn't have a friend in the world for a while there. Just just Jonathan, just Jonathan. Mm -hmm. Um, Daniel, not many. Right. Um, Disciples, the twelve of them, and they didn't even like each other. So (laughs) (laughs) one of them had shifty eyes all the time, (laughs) holding the bag. (laughs) Oh yeah. So. When you think about it through the scriptures, it's not an imperative to have many friends. Mm-hmm. So this this verse, I think, it's taken the wrong way. I think that if you are in the Lord mm-hmm. and of the Lord, He will draw people to you. That's right. You will make connections. But in our society, we're taught, with American exceptionalism yeah. in a way, that you have to market yourself. You have to be extroverted. You have to always. Yeah, we kind of talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, when about we stress. Talk, about stress, about societal stress. People say you have to be extroverted. You have to be outgoing to make friends. Yeah, that's. I think that's trying but to cram your personality into it is. But it, frame. and you know, we probably would be considered on the scale extroverted or whatever. So we can on both scales. Kevin can be very introverted sometimes. He gets really quiet, especially when, when he sees mad. food. Yeah, when, that's he, when he sees food, his eyes I'm go mad. dead like a shark. He's, like, oh. He's doing it right now. It's like Finding Nemo. That's good. So I, now I will say this as the curveball comes swinging back to your face. Um, you got to catch it. I will say that one thing that you're commanded to do is to be approachable. Yeah. Always. See, Jesus drew people to himself. He was approachable. Um, David had a goodly countenance. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a gaggle of friends and ne'er-do-wells. No. Yeah. But you always have to have the fruit of the spirit of gentleness. Right. You know, are you walking around with a scowl on your face? Do you bristle? Are you hard and distrusting when people mm-hmm. approach you? If, if you're that kind of person, then yes, because that's not how you're supposed to be in Christ. Right. Do you have to win a popularity contest? No. But do people feel comfortable approaching you? Right. Now you say, well, people, no one approaches me. That might not be your fault. Okay, it may not be your fault. But the only thing that you're responsible for is your own behavior. Right. And how you come across. And I think sometimes even extroverted people don't 
take spiritual inventory on how they come across to other people. Obnoxious. With what they say. Me. With how they ask. Me. Or what they ask. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And how they eat. Me. 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 <laughs> me, me, me. Warming Mine? up my voice. Me, 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 me. So with this verse, what I, the only thing I would say, it, it's not to adjust your personality, but to just analyze um, your approachability. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there are very... There are many avenues, Brother Kevin, where you can show yourself friendly Yeah, that we don't consider. Going up to someone and just say, hey, I heard about this. I'm praying for you. Yeah. And then you just go on your way. Or writing a letter or something? No. Writing a letter. It's very simple. You don't have to sit there and like engage in their interests and right. you know, make sure you tell three jokes and then do this, do that, and then walk away make, right. you know, while they're laughing and you know, win the personality contest. It doesn't work like that. But there's ways you can show yourself friendly in very small Significant ways mm-hmm. that they don't forget. So I would only say that with this verse, just analyze yourself. Are you approachable? Mm-hmm. Do you have the spirit of gentleness? Because I know people who are introverted, yeah. who you come up to them and they greet you with a smile, and they're very friendly, mm-hmm. but they like to be approached. They don't, yeah. They're not going to go up into a group and go, what y'all talking about? And I get that. <laughs> yeah. I get that. We're, we're the obnoxious ones. Yeah. What's going on hey, here? Let yeah, me right. walk right through the middle of this crowd <laughs> right now. So what are we eating? <laughs> what are we having? What, what are we having? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the same time, if someone comes up to you, are you like Christ? You know, he said, suffer little children. Come yeah. on, are you, are you approachable? Like, yes, please come and talk to me, not yeah. like, leave. And, and just another little tidbit alone. about the, uh, this principle here is there's also a part that says in, in the book of Proverbs, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A good friend is not just somebody who, you know, extroverted, but a, a faithful friend. Yes. Who sticks through thick and thin, good, bad, and the ugly. And, uh, I mean, that's, think and about that, that kind of friend yeah. adjusts to your personality. Yeah, exactly. They right. don't like if you're introvert, they're okay with it. It's mm-hmm. not like you have to be these things for me. Yeah. Um, Jonathan was similar in David in ways, but very different as well. Right. Different upbringing, different mm-hmm. background, different everything. Bus kid knocking on my door. I mean, good gracious. Very different background. <laughs> Let oh. me play Sega. <laughs> Sega. Sega. <laughs> so when you think about that, God will bring those people to you. Yeah. And when it comes to chemistry and people, he fills those. Yeah. Their souls being not together, that was of the Lord. That wasn't them. Yeah. Anyway, so just be approachable. That's Mm -hmm. all you have to do. Your own behavior. Um, Horribly misused verse. I think we have time, Brother Kevin, for one more. What do you think? I don't think never. I don't ever none did grammar. My eyes are dead like a shark. There's coastal. I have to eat it. It's the (laughs) slaw. If I don't end this episode soon, Mr. Kevin's going to lose it. So we better do one more question. He's losing focus. Stay with me, Kevin. Stay with me. No. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I am not ribs. He's looking at me like he can eat. He's starting to, there's drool coming in the side of his mouth. The glasses because my eyes are glazed over uh, today. We actually have a lot of questions left, so we'll probably have to do another one of these. That's totally fine. More That's barbecue fine, for us. Exactly. Um, Mr. Jeff made this, by the way, so if you ever want barbecue, he'll just make it on the spot. He said not to mention his and name. And I did it anyway. <laughs> What's the question? Good luck editing that out. Last question is, what is a lesson you learned as a teen or a college student <clears throat> that you would want to impart to young people? What a lesson you learned? Ooh. Who's that from? Also from okra. Okra. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the, your, your importance of your walk with God. Um, is you've got to do it for yourself. You know, for a while, you could ride the coattails of somebody else's spirituality. Yeah. 
Um, I, I think about Lot, who was with Abraham. Everything was good while he was with Abraham, but the second yeah. he left, where is he facing? Gomorrah, and he, he went the, the wrong direction as soon as he got disconnected. And, and you've got to take responsibility for your own personal walk with God. You, you can borrow the spirituality of other people. You can, oh, I got this from that preaching, and, and that's good. But especially in high school and in college, you've got to take care of your walk with God because in those places, especially in Christian school circles, it's easy to let the Bible become a textbook. Yes. And, and so your walk with God is up to you. Um, the Bible says if, uh, if you draw nigh to God, that throws it on you to, to take the first step. Yeah. And he will draw nigh to you. So the most important lesson there for me is personal responsibility in my walk with God. Nobody is going to walk with God for you and for me. You have no. to do it for yourself. No, and it will fall apart if you don't. Yeah, exactly right. Really, really fast. Um, I would say really quick, both high school and college, be patient with yourself and be patient with others. And what I mean by that right. is, well, that's that, good. Yeah, is that you're going to change mm -hmm. as a person and you're going to grow in Christ and... People will around you as well. Yeah. And your friends may come and go. But as time goes on, you will discover the people who truly love you. Yeah. Who truly care about you. And it's not very clear when you're 14, when you're 15. It's not exactly clear. Mm -hmm. um, and a good. lot of these people have growing to do as well. Yeah. That's why I discourage relationships a lot because no one's done yet. Right. They ain't done cooking yet. Yep. Um, and you're really putting too much pressure on yourself and others when you're expecting all these things. Mm hmm. Um, and everyone's going through lots of things yeah. at this age. It's the most formative years of your life. So people may disappoint you. They may frustrate you. And when you're in college, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to know exactly what we need to be doing. And we may not succeed in the way we think we should succeed. Yeah. Or we may switch our major and we think there's something wrong with us. Or Done this it. friend <laughs> is no longer my friend. Or uh -huh. that everything's changing. Be patient. You're going to go through a lot of changes in the next few years. Be patient with yourself and be patient with others because God is working on you. He's working on them. And just like Brother Kevin said, actually goes together. If you have a relationship with God, it's okay because he'll lead you. Yeah. But a lot of times when you get to college, you have all this pressure. Yeah, no doubt. Like I need to know everything and these people need to be my best friends. They're changing and my high school friends are, are changing and I don't know how to handle all this. Just relax. Relax. Be patient. Let God do the work in you. I'm being patient with the food. I know, right? I think uh, I think we're nearing the end here. So, so as always, get off Facebook, get your face in the book, and eat lots of barbecue. Yes. Strength for today, barbecue for tomorrow. Oh my! Goodness. We will be back with more. There it is. There's is it good. I've got barbecue all over my face. Oh, hold on, let me see. I'll do this. This is why they tuned in. They want to see the. Have a wonderful. I managed day. to get all the sauce in my face and no meat. <laughs> now that's talent right there. <laughs> Good day. Have a wonderful day. Have a barbecue day. Love you.